Thank you for checking out our podcast today. We hope that the teaching you're about to hear will inspire you and motivate you on your incredible journey in becoming a better you. So please turn your attention to today's message. And I gave you a list of do's and don'ts that were based on 2 Timothy chapter 3, verses 1 through 5 as we covered this. And I said last um, last week and, and, and that this was... I gave you an intro and I wanted to wrap this topic up today as our theme, as uh, Jessica alluded to, is friends given, not friends taken. And we're living in a time where we are always looking to see how much we can take in relationships. But this is not the way Jesus wants his followers to be. Do we have followers of Jesus? So as Jesus ascends into heaven, I want to transition here. As Jesus ascends into heaven after the resurrection, after spending about 40 days with his followers and other witnesses, he gives them, his followers, specific instructions on what to do next. Now, how many know that if Jesus is giving next steps, we ought to follow those next steps. So we're going to read immediately out of the book of Acts, chapter 1, verse 8. We're going to read quite a bit today. Imagine that, reading the scriptures in church. <laughs> chapter 1, verse 8. This is, this is Jesus. But you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you. And you will be, you will be, you will be my witnesses telling people about me on Sundays at the, in the church building. Where? Everywhere. In Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. Now, telling people about Jesus as a witness requires you to have seen, it requires you to have heard some things and experienced what you're witnessing about. So if you're standing in a witness stand in a courtroom as a witness, you're telling a jury of your peers the things that you have seen, the things that you have heard, the things that you've experienced. That's what a witness is. A witness is not a denomination and it's not a religion. A witness is a people. Somebody say a people. And this is our assignment. You know what Jesus didn't say? You know what Jesus didn't say? Jesus never said to spend your Sundays having feel good worship services and to play judge over other people's lives. He didn't say that. He said, speak about me. Tell the people, tell the world about me. Our assignment is people. Somebody say people. People. It's loving people. Somebody say people. People. Say people. People. We have it, we, we, we have gotten it all twisted in our modern days. We've exhausted our efforts. We're building stuff. In the name of Jesus, for the sake of Jesus, that he never asked us to build. That's all we do. 
Think about how many building projects we go through in church, in services, building project after building project. You know what he wants us to build? Let's go to Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 11, the first part of this verse. What does he want us to build? So encourage each other and build. and build. and build. build what? I don't mean you ain't going to give an offer and I'll chase you. <laughs> but he wants us to build each other. What does he want us to do? Build each other up. This is why we get together in communion Sunday after Sunday to build each other up, not to tear each other down. The work Jesus wants us to do a collective work, a sacrifice, an effort, it's the one that builds our brother and our sisters up. The work of building each other up is the work of the kingdom. Somebody say kingdom. kingdom. Acts chapter 1, verse 3. Listen to this again. During the 40 days after his crucifixion, he appeared to the apostles from time to time. And he proved to them in many ways that he was actually alive. And he talked to them about Sunday services, Bible studies, prayer time, Bible memorization. What, what did he talk to them about? What did he talk about? The kingdom of God. And you may say, Pastor, the kingdom of God sounds like a far distant place. It sounds like heaven to me. And I would say it's not. What did Jesus say about the kingdom of God? Go with me to Luke chapter 17, verse 20, 21. One day the Pharisees asked Jesus, which by the way, in my time in Jerusalem, I, I learned that still today, still today, they're waiting. Listen, Pharisees asked Jesus, when will the kingdom of God come? They're still waiting for this kingdom. Till this day, they're, they're waiting for the arrival. What did Jesus respond? Jesus replied, come on guys, let me hear you. The kingdom of can't be detected by visible signs you won't be able to say, here it is, whoo, there it is, for, for, for the kingdom of God is what? Is what? Where? 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 Stand up, Will. There's the kingdom of God. Dr. Gladys, stand up. There's the kingdom of God. Uh, Minister Reese, stand to your feet. There's the kingdom of God. Nada, there's the kingdom of God. Come on, girl, smile. Show the kingdom of God. Paul, show the kingdom of God. There's the kingdom. Listen, the kingdom of God is already among you. You should clap for that. That's good. That's, that's good news. Have a seat. God's kingdom is a kingdom within people, not buildings. Not organizations and not religious beliefs. It's God's treatment 
God's rule, God's governing in people by people. That's the kingdom. Ay, ay, ay. You know, this is not a popular topic to talk about. Why? Because it's easier to talk about hell. It's, it's so easy to talk about heaven. The, the more we understand this, the more we hold fast to this, the greater the work, the greater the reach, the greater the praise and glory to our Father in heaven. This is why Jesus said this about you. He said this about me. He said this about those that follow him. He said out of Matthew chapter 5, verses 4 through 16, he said, you are the light of the world, not the church. He said, you are the light of the world, not the light of the church. He said, you're the light of the world, like a city on a hilltop that cannot be hidden. Continue. No one lights a lamp and then puts it under a basket. Instead, a lamp is placed on a stand where it gives light to, to, in the same way, next, in the same way, let your good deeds, let your good deeds, let your good deeds, for, for, and, and, and let me stop there because by all, that includes your children, that includes your wife, that includes your husband, Stop just shining your light to the people that makes it convenient for you. All right? So the all, for all to see, so that everyone will what? This is why a lot of times our kids won't praise our Heavenly Father because they can't see the light in you. Thank you. Where's George? You're sleeping on me. He got that turkey thing going on. All that stuff in it clogged up is. <laughs> I'm sorry. Let's not stir him up. See, the problem is that Sunday after Sunday, a lot of us just want to shine our light in church, in the church building. This is easy, guys. Listen, it is very easy to shine your light here. This is easy. In, in fact, what I'm doing here is very, this is easy. For me to be Christ-like here is very easy. This is easy. You know what's hard? Man, <laughs> it is. It's hard on the street, on the road. Where people see you. The problem is that Monday through Saturday, we turn off our light to the world. And we only turn it on on Sundays. And as soon as we finish the service, we wrap up. We turn off the light. We don't turn it back on until next Sunday. Pastor then. What does this have to do with generous friendship? We're talking about generous friendship. Well, generous friendship is contagious friendship. Listen, generous friendship is contagious friendship. It is magnetic. It is irresistible. When you have a generous friend, you only want to be around that generous friend. I don't know about you, 
But I like being around generous friends. I'm tired of you hanging around broke friends. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? When friends, you got to pay their bills. You got to pay everything for them. You got to cover it. It's nice. It's nice to be taken care of. Angela only calls me once a year. You got you to turn it up, bro. <laughs> Let me stop. You know, I stir him up. <laughs> a generous human being will never find himself or herself in shortage of friends. You just ne- you'll never find yourself in shortage of friends. And, and, and guys, I'm not, 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 not that I have any interest. That's not what I'm talking about. But, but when you are a generous friend, you become magnetic. People are attracted to you. Because of your generosity. And remember last week, when I spoke about generosity, I, I, I said we weren't talking about money. That's, that's far from it. Genuine people who genuinely love will always find themselves mobbed with people. Notice that I said genuine people. And the reason that I make this clear distinction is because we learned last week that a sign of the last days will be disingenuous people that was based on second timothy chapter 3 verses 1 through 5 so that you could read on your own so what does that mean exactly and why does this matter well i like what paul said out of romans chapter 12 and we'll read this together chapter 12 romans verses 9 and 10 don't just pretend to love others. Come on, wake up. Really love them. Hate what is wrong and hold tightly to what is good. Each other with what? With what? Genuine affection and take delight. The world is filled with great pretenders. Churches are filled with great pretenders. Great pretenders. How many times, where's Becky? Oh, she's in the back with the kids. How many times Becky and I have just had to cry over people that have hurt, that that once shared with you and once broke bread with you and and once went out and once called you friend and and once said, I love you and love you back, man. Love you, I love you. Man, they didn't just stab you, not in the back, but in the face. And it hurts. Am I the only one? Seriously, am I the only one? And it's a common thing, especially in churches. And sometimes it happens by people that go like, what? It shouldn't happen, but it happens. And, And Paul back then was saying, look, man, there's pretenders out there. And many people follow when they chase famous people because there's counterfeit love out there, counterfeit friendship that only hinges on popularity and fame. You ever met someone who has some sort of fame or popularity and then you get to meet them for a brief moment and then you're like, yuck. Yeah, right? 
Like you really get to meet them in a different setting and it's like, oh, goodness sake. What an ugly person. See, fame isn't love. And just because someone is famous, it doesn't make them loving. Just because someone is popular doesn't make them loving. Paul had to make this clear distinction. Don't just pretend to love. Really, really love. And how do we love people? How do we really love people? Well, love in its purest and godly form is always accompanied by actions of honor. I'm going to say that one more time. Love in its purest and godly form is always accompanied with clear actions of what? Honor. John chapter 21, verse 15. Listen to what Jesus said to Peter about love. Listen to what he said. He said, after breakfast, Jesus asked Simon, Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said, what? Yes, Lord, Peter replied. You know I love you. Then feed my lambs, Jesus told him. And our love to others, it should always be followed by a then. Go back to that scripture. No. No, not that one. John chapter 21. John 21, 15. 21, 15. No? Yes, okay, here we go. You know I love you. Jesus jumps in and he says, then feed my lambs. If you love me, then do. If, if you love me, then. And I want you to know that every time we say we love someone, there, it should be followed by a then. You got it? Are you following that? Husbands? Husbands? Yeah. Wives? Wives? If you love, then children, if you love your parents, then. See, in our love to others, it should always be followed by an action of honor. Telling tell my wife that I love her without there being a manifestation and an action in honor is an incomplete love. Babe, I love you. Jesus could have walked away. He could have left it there in that scripture. Do you love me, Peter? Yeah, cool. Could have left it there. Oh, do you love me? Yeah, then do this. And he didn't only say it one time. He said it three times to the point where Peter was like, yo, bro, you know I love you, man. You know it all. Notice. Telling your spouse that you love them and there isn't a then is an incomplete love. And this is what we find more and more. 
I try to go through great lengths in manifesting actions in my love to my wife, Becky. I'm glad she's not here. And I like to pay attention to the details in our conversations so that I could later surprise her unexpectedly. And, and then I manifest the actions and honor my love. And, and I've shared this many times with you. Becky has, we have this monument of pillows on her bed that serve absolutely no purpose whatsoever to no one. And with every season, the pillows change. Every season. We have turkey pillows. We have Santa pillows. We have elf. We have, you name them, we have them. Pillows on our bed. However, these pillows, to her, left a certain way, speak of my consideration for her preferences. It's not about the pillows, but the fact that I consider her preferences above mine. That honors her. Now, I wish she would do the same with my shoes. <laughs> and love my preferences, but we're still not there. We're working. It's 33 years, guys. There's hope. Hope. But love demonstrated with actions is the definition of honor. Are you following me? Are you sure? I want you to check the story out with me, and this is where we're going to read 11 verses. You ready? Get comfortable. Get back. Relax. Sit back. Might want to turn off the football game. 2 Samuel chapter 9, verses 1 through 11. We're going to read 11 verses. Listen to the story and never forget the story. Such a rich story in friendship. One day, David asked, he's the king now. His, 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 the, 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 the previous king had been assassinated. He and his son, and he is now the king. And he asked, as anyone in Saul, Saul was the king that was there before him. And Saul was not a friendly king to him. He was a meanie. He was a, he was a meanie. He was, he was a mean king. He was trying to kill him. How many of you think that would be a meanie? Yeah. And he said, is anyone in Saul's family still alive? Anyone to whom I can show kindness for Jonathan's sake? Jonathan was his best friend. Jonathan was a soulmate. In fact, he said about Jonathan that his love was a deeper love than the love of women. Ooh, John said that. I'm sorry, David said that. Listen to this. He summoned a man named Ziba, who had been one of Saul's servants. Are you Ziba? The king asked. Yes, sir, I am, Ziba replied. The king then asked him, is anyone still alive from Saul's family? If so, I, I want to show, I want to show, stop there. I said last week, we don't love with our love. We love with God's love. And you have to hold on to that. That's 
hard to do. My, my love is a jacked up love. So I, I know that when I'm going to love Becky, my wife, I have to love her with God's love, not my love. Why? Because my love is contingent on stuff, but not God's love. So when I love Becky, I give Becky God's love. When I love my kids and how jacked up they've been, I, I got to love them not with my love. I, I got to love them with God's love. And then, son, you got to love your dad with God's love. <laughs> but listen, let's go back to the story. If so, I want to show God's kindness to them. Continue. Ziba replied, yes, one of Jonathan's son is still alive. He's crippled in both feet. I don't know what that had to do with anything, but he threw that in there. We'll find out later. Where is he? The king asked. He's in Lodabar, Ziba told him. At the home of Machir, the son of Amiel. So David sent for him, and he brought him from Machir's home. Now, his name was Mephibosheth. Now, I was going to reduce this name, and I was trying to find a shorter version, but I ended up with Meph. <laughs> and I didn't think it would be appropriate. So it's Mephibosheth. Okay? Mephibosheth. Can you get it? You got me? All right. Don't let the meth part distract you. It's Mephibosheth. His name was Mephibosheth. He was Jonathan's son and, grand, and Saul's grandson. So he is a, a, a king's grandson. When he came to David, this descendant bowed low to the ground in deep respect. David said, greetings, Mephibosheth. Mephibosheth replied, I am your servant. Don't be afraid, David said. I intend to show kindness to you. Come on. Because of to there are promises that we make to one generation that spills over into multiple generations, into multiple generations. Let me tell you something about George. Can I tell you something about George? You're like, oh man. You know what he told me today? He's like, man, the church is packed today. <laughs> if y'all were here last week. <laughs> Let me tell you about George. George is very generous with me. He's very generous with me. Not only is he generous with me, but he's generous with my children. He is generous with my siblings. George is very generous. And I was thinking about this, and, 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 and like, well, why do you love me so much? Like, why? Well, come on. See, I could say this, but you know what I forgot? I forgot that in our childhood, George, used, I used to come home from school, and I would catch George in bed sleeping in between my parents my parents loved him my, my parents genuinely loved George 
George was a son. He wasn't my friend. He was a son to my dad and to my mom. They loved him. For many, they loved him. In fact, there were times where he was waiting for me to leave the house so he could come in and have my dad all to himself. <laughs> because he loved my dad. And I could see that even after my father's passing, the love that I have is not just a love for me. It's a love because of my father. It's for my children, but it's because of the love he had for my pops. You get that? And he is saying, John, let's go back to John, uh, David and Jonathan. Go back to that scripture, guys. I intend to show kindness to you because of my promise to your father, Jonathan. There are going to be some people out there, guys, that are going to be hurting, that aren't going to be to your standard. But there was a man or there was a woman in the past that prayed over you, that loved you, that took care of you, that extended mercy, that extended grace, that was generous once to you. And then you see their children on the street. And not because of the children, but because of those people that were generous once with you, you love on them. And you remember them. And that's how this thing works. And he said, verse 8, I will give you all the property that once belonged to your grandfather Saul and you will eat here with me at the king's table. Mephibosheth bowed respectfully and exclaimed, who is your servant that you should show such kindness to a dead dog like me? That's what he considered himself to be. I'm so beneath. I'm so low. I don't deserve this kind of love. You know that there are people that I just, there are people out there that just want to feel an embrace. They just want to feel a little love, a little kindness that they, they identify as a dead dog. And your love, God's love through you can break that. Listen to what happens next. Then the king summoned Saul's servant, you know who it was? Ziba, and said, huh, plot turn, I have given your master, see, see Ziba, when Ziba, when Ziba identified John, uh, Jonathan's son, he identified him by his flaws. He's crippled. Yeah, yeah, there is a son, but he's, he's, he's jacked up. He's garbage. That's what he is. How many know that God restores? Whatever this world may call you or one said about you, God says, no, that's my son. That's my precious son. That's my precious daughter. And, and he said, I've given servant Ziba and said, I have given your master's grandson everything that belonged to Saul and his family. Here we go. You and your sons and servants are to farm the land for this dead dog, for this cripple, to produce food for your 
He made the crippled dead dog a master now over this man. Verse 11. But Mephibosheth, your master's grandson, he's going to do what? He will eat here at my table. Ziba had 15 sons, 20 servants. Ziba was wealthy, and now he made some. The dead dogs. Come on. Ziba replied, Yes, my lord, the king. I'm your servant, and I will do all that you have commanded. Next. And from that time on, Mephibosheth ate regularly at David's table like one of the king's own sons. You are not attached to the things of this world to the things that may make you incompetent in the eyes of people, to whatever shortcomings you've had in the past or maybe on the way here, that's not who you are. You are a child of God, the Most High. And there is always a place for you at his table, always. And as, as, as we're wrapping this up, honor is manifested actions that we take in the way we love others. In generous friendship, honor should always permeate all that we do. We're honoring each other. You know, it's beautiful. Um, I have my son. I tricked my, I tricked my son into taking me to the airport when I went to Israel. And I said to him, hey, man, what are you doing on such day? I was like, yeah. I said, what do you need? Pops, I said, I, I need a ride to the airport. Sure, I'll take you to the airport. He's thinking Philly. <laughs> so wonderful. Put it, put it in your calendar. Cool. Hey, I forgot to tell you. It's JFK. Oh, no. <laughs> God. 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 God's love. <laughs> So he took me, and I felt I was feeling, I was feeling bad. I was really feeling bad. There was a part of me who was feeling bad. Another one was like going, ah. <laughs> but then coming back, so son, he said, Pop, I'll pick you up. I'll pick you up. So, what, what time does your flight get in? 5 30 in the morning. <laughs> what time? 5 30 in the morning. Flight came in, 5 30 in the morning. And I was telling Becky, I'm like, baby, I feel so sorry. I was trying to get a train. And I'm like, don't feel sorry. <laughs> and you know, you know what was nice is that my son picked me up at that time. And believe it or not, he, he picks me up. He's on time. He was like an hour, almost two hours early. He didn't sleep to pick up pops. But he didn't stop there. Yo, man, my son had a whole spread for me. He had water in a car. He had chips. He had little little stuff that I was like, I thought it was all for him. He's like, no, Pop, this is for you. I'm like, man, he got it after 30 years. <laughs> it just, he just got it. And I closed the door when I got out and I told Becky, I said, yo, my son, he got it, babe. He, he got it. <laughs> And then yesterday I had we had a we had a cookout, not a cookout, a bonfire. And 
and, and my son Jose, and, and, and he was like, hey, Pops, I got some steaks for you. And, uh, and, and they were not just steaks. He made it a point. He goes, these are the good ones. <laughs> and he told me where they were from and everything. I'm like, going, whoa. And he just made it a point. And you know, when, when everything, the night finished, and, and we had a wonderful night, <laughs> and, um, and we finished, and I got in the car, I, I told my wife, and I said, that's honoring. When your kids can go above and beyond to say, Pops is coming, Mom's is coming, I'm just going to take this up a notch because they're coming. That, that's, that's what we're talking about here. But we're to do that with everybody. We're to do that with everybody. Adult children, honor your parents. Adult children, honor your parents. And if you are here, you are a teen, and you are thinking your hot stuff Be respectful to your parents. Honor your parents with actions. Pause and be generous. And yes, even forgiveness. Why? Because parents make mistakes. Parents make mistakes. And there are too many adult children that are still holding on to things that parents have, have done in the past out of sheer ignorance, stupidity, and simply put, out of sin. Out of sin, there are parents that have made some sinful mistakes. Husband, you can't say you love your wife and treat them as a second-class citizen. Husbands? Thank you. If you love, if you love, then manifest in actions. Display your love in your conduct and in your behavior. Daily. Not when it's convenient. Many times spouses want to show actions of love when it's already too late and she's in another man's bed or he's in another woman's arms. You better get your honor on. Parents, if you have children in your home and they're under your care, You have a responsibility and an obligation to love them first and beyond everything else. God has entrusted you with this gift. You be sure never to take lightly the assignment of parenthood. This is your responsibility. Not the grandparents. I love that. I love love being a grandparent. I remind my children, that's your responsibility. I I finish mine. I do. I I remind them all the time. (laughs) (laughs) for everyone else that's listening to me be a good friend tell somebody be a good friend tell somebody next to you be a generous friend is my sister here she's not here she's a heathen you heathen Can I, can, I tell you, can I tell you guys this? Siblings, stop it. Stop showing love to strangers and not take it home to your siblings. Stop it. It's hard. I know it's hard at times. 
we got to love each other. Don't be a Christian to the world and hateful to your siblings. Don't be in relationships with people with hidden agendas, material motives, looking for what benefits you. What am I going to get out of this relationship? You know, John chapter 15, 12, 13, Jesus said this. I still have 10 minutes? Man, this is great. This is Jesus. If Jesus said it, he said, it's, a, it's my, it's my command. Love each other. Come on. That's a standard or what? And he said, there is no greater love than to lay down one's life for one's friends. And can I tell you, if you're a parent here, your aim, your aim should be that in your parenthood, in your parenthood, in that journey, once your children become adults, then you can be friends. It, it's a process. It's a, it's a journey. It takes time. If we look around today at, our, at the world, it's in serious trouble. Mass shootings run rampant in our country. We, we can't keep up with the volume of, of shootings at the hands of mostly young people. Suicide among children is on the rise at speeds that we have never seen before. Suicide amongst children. Parents that abuse their children to the point of death is a common day thing. Young people with little to no regard for human life Lack of respect for any and all forms of authority is a common thing in our country. A world that's growing colder and colder to its fellow brother, its fellow sister. We fight, argue for things like being first in line, having the first seat, May our hearts reflect Jesus' heart and his generosity, not to the people that we prefer, but to the people that God loved. May we learn from our master Jesus how to love people above ourselves and above our needs. Thank you again for checking out our podcast. If you would like to find information about who we are or how to donate so that we can keep doing what we're doing, please check us out at www.scarletnotes.org. See you next time.